better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast presented by locked on it's joe marino kyle krabs and chris schubert from the draft network and we are your hosts here on this monday episode of the show today's episode is brought to you by built bar built bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your next order kyle happy monday to you happy monday who are we pissing off today? Um, hopefully nobody. That's that's never my goal. So hopefully nobody. No collective fan bases. My producer Chris Schubert. I see you over there in the production in producer studio, kindly asking us to not bring up the hard feelings that Joe seemed to rile up at the end of last week, talking about one specific team and, and decision making process. And that's fine. We'll let it be. But uh, inevitably, Joe, I don't know if you found this, but I am going to find a way to transition into a parallel talking point. Tensions are high on the timeline right now. Do you think yeah. this is a byproduct of, of lying season? What's going on? Why is everybody so on edge? I wasn't on the timeline for a second this weekend. Not for one second did I scroll it. And I think my weekend was better for it. Did yard work, played croquet in the backyard, cooked chicken, made pasta salad. I just... The, the last two weeks before the draft on social media are just, I can't do it. So glad it's not just me. <laughs> Have you been in avoidance or are you just like still can't, um, can't shut it off? Yeah. So it's not like my nose is buried in it, but anytime I open it up, like somebody's mad about something and it's yeah. like, all right, like I can't, let's just get to the draft. And right. We'll all have a, like our football fix appeased for a while. And then we'll get into training camp in another, what, two months from there. So life is good. It is good. And it's going to be really good for these cornerbacks that are going to get drafted in uh, in a few days here. And uh, that's what we want to do today. We want to examine this cornerback class. We've already talked about certain and Farley. And so every year, I don't know what, 35, 40 of these guys get picked. And so we want to touch on some of these names that we haven't quite got around to yet. And so consider this the uh, the rest of the cornerback class, if you will, Kyle. And where do you want to start that conversation? Well, first and foremost, I got a bone to pick with you. I just went over to your board. Oh, no. Tab. And it's not filtered by corners. I was expecting it to be filtered by corners so I could see exactly what you're working with for your personal board. Because I want to push Chris's button some more and just kind of look at your personal board and ask you a hard question. But I like this group of corners. Um, you mentioned we, we, we spoke about the battle for CB1 already. Uh, but if you're in need of day two corners, you need slot guys, you need hybrid guys, you need outside only, you need big, long press physical guys. There's a little bit of everything to be had here. Some of these quick footed guys, Aaron Robinson from, from UCF, I think is like a quick footed slot guy. I really liked his projection. That role. Iafitu Melifanu feels destined to play for the Seattle Seahawks, given his <laughs> right. athletic profile and yeah. size and length. Uh, Elijah Molden's kind of a, a safety corner slot hybrid. So lots of names for us to get into here with this group. All right. So can we talk about Greg Newsom the second from Northwestern? That yeah. that's that's I think we need that, to. Yeah, he's he's fun because I think Sertain and Horn are gone in the first 16 picks. Farley's the ultimate wild card with his back injuries and, and how the teams are going to treat that. 
But that other guy, if you will, is, is Greg Newsom from Northwestern, uh, six foot 192, ran four, three, eight, 31 and an eighth inch arm. So not a ton of length, but he's not even 21 years old at this point. And dude, I thought his tape was really good. I know that he had some injury stuff and he hasn't, he doesn't have a huge sample size of games, but from what I saw, I thought he was a scheme transcendent player, physical in the run game. I thought the ball skills were there, loose hips, quick feet. Like I'm not sure there's a whole lot missing from his profile other than you, you maybe wish he had a, a, you know, some seasons where he was there the whole time and could play because I thought his tape was really good. So the way we grade prospects is we have 10 position specific traits that we score each of the players on. I'm sitting here just looking and Greg Newsom did not score below an eight out of 10 in any of all 10 mm-hmm. categories. I cannot say that for Farley Sertain or JC Horn. You're Kyle. That's a wonderful way to look at it. And I have the same exact like no scenario way. Yeah. It's crazy. We have so much in common, dude. We should do a podcast together. We, we really ought to really fire this thing up. See what happens. So that that's kind of a neat tidbit, right? Where you mentioned, and the reason I was compelled to look was you talking about scheme transcendent and, and the way that we evaluate in this manner is you try and define your 10 position specific traits so that guys who are quote unquote universal players and, and can fit across all systems will score quite well. And if you're not perceived as a scheme transcendent, so you're more position specific, you have to be really elite in that scheme that you project to in order to beat out some of the more scheme flexible guys. And I do think Newsom uh, is the most scheme flexible uh, out of probably Anybody, you could probably rope Caleb Farley into that conversation, but it doesn't matter whether you're playing off man, you're playing press, you're playing bail tech cover three, you're playing cloud. Like he can do all of it. And like you said, uh, the injuries and the sample size is the big red flag with him. But if he gets into the league and he stays healthy, somebody's getting a dude, man, I can't, I can't come off of what you just said there about Craig Newsom being literally the only cornerback that I've scored where all of his 10 Same. traits that we Same. grade them in are an eight or higher. In fact, I mean, Farley's my CB one, but he's got two sub eight grades. Sertain's got a sub only eight. one for me. Don't, don't, don't roll me into that now. Yeah. Well, he's my CB one. He's a top 10 player on my board. I love Caleb Farley. I'm not, I'm certainly not talking <laughs> down on him, but I mean, yeah, just a really consistent player based on, just pulling those traits off the tape and feeling comfortable about what you're getting. So strike zone for Greg Newsom as high as blank, as low as blank. Ooh. Um, Let me pull up the order. Got to pull up the order. Very critical. I want to say as high as 16 to Arizona. Uh, Yeah. I think that's probably pretty fair. Are we quick to say no to Philly, LA or Minnesota? Minnesota, yes, I think I would say no to Minnesota. They have offensive of the line needs. They need edge defenders. Dude, they need all of it. I know. <laughs> They'd also probably like to trade down. Sure. Yeah, that's what I think Minnesota would do. I think there's too many landmines there for me to be like, yeah, let's put them in there in a minute. Now, I think the Chargers are interesting too, but they just need tackle help. Yeah. All right, so 16 is pretty 
safe, I, yeah. conservative ceiling. What's his floor? The Browns at 26? Maybe. You think he goes can fall further than 26? Maybe Saints at 28. You can't you have to think he doesn't get past Buffalo at 30, right? I was going to say that that gauntlet of Saints, Packers and Bills is like that's the floor for Greg. I I would really like him in Chicago personally. Yeah, sneaking like into if, Te- if Chevin Jenkins is going to be gone. Yeah. Um I would I would like him in Chicago to fill in for Fuller who was a, a casualty. Yeah. I like that. So, so when you stack the rest of the group. Yep. How many first round grades do you have in corners? Uh 3. Same. Farley Sertainhorn. Yep. Newsom's an early two. 84 and a half. Literally the highest oh, you could possibly score. F in the chat. I got my third uh, an 83. How many more second round grades do you have in corners? Um, so including Newsom, one, two, three, four, five. It's like Shuby's over here giving me a five. Like he's sitting there stalking my board. He, he counted him. He did count him. Wow. Do you have it stacked now? You're right. My apologies for, for making the assumption that you wouldn't do the math properly. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> he just took a shot at me. That was rude. <laughs> okay. So our overlap seems to fall well in the second round guys as well. I have one less. Um, the guy that we have different is I scored Elijah Molden as like a 79. Mm. And he, is he it because got, you think he's a slot only didn't run? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Okay. Yeah. So, so that, that kind of handcuffed him a little bit. Uh, but Newsom, Eric Stokes from Georgia, corner, Ifitu Melifanu from Syracuse, and Asante Samuel Jr. from Florida State. Joe, you also have Elijah Molden in that group. Yeah. Uh, Molden is my first third round grade. So we have the same group of three at the top, and then we have the next group of five immediately underneath of that. So we see this group fairly similarly. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today, rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, MLB, and NHL seasons are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, and they have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all the new scores and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use our promo code locked on. Bet online, 
your online sportsbook experts. The Locked On Podcast Network is covering the NFL draft from all angles. Make sure you catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by Odyssey. And of course, we have the Draft Dudes podcast for you, and we cover the NFL draft all year long. So make sure that you hit that subscribe button and keep in tune with Kyle and I 365 days a year. Kyle, I want to get into Asante Samuel Jr. a little bit. Oh, a wee-woo. A wee-woo here. (laughs) Chris is already shaking his head. I have no idea what this is for. Did you know, speaking of corners, Joseph, Pro Football Focus is two highest-graded corners in the NFL since 2019 on third down. Are who? Are who and who? Trey White and Jalen Ramsey. Trey White is correct. Jalen Ramsey and Marlon Humphrey. Oh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be Xavier Howard. Byron. Ding 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 ding. Oh ding, wow, ding. this is uh, us, huh? Our corners. The top two corners and third down over the last two years. Pro Football Focus just put out a tweet about corners, oh, wow. and it was our two guys. Wow, so wow. we wanted to. You know, we were recording a corner show on Sunday night. Not one of the we were worthy though. Chris, mute yourself. So can we talk about Asante, Asante Samuel? Sure. Uh, I think very different. A- very different corner than both Trey Trey White and Xavier yeah. Howard. Yeah, he's fascinating to me. Um, 5'10", 180, right? So that's the thing about him. Sticky in man coverage. I think he plays above his weight class. I think he's smart in zone. Like, he cues the backfield. I think he's a really smart football player. But 5'10", 180, is this a first-round corner? Like, predictively, do you see him going in the first round? I kind of like to call him discount Denzel Ward, but I don't want to be disrespectful. But Ward was the top five pick. Right. Like, how how are you treating Samuel June? Uh, He is 62nd. On my board, he has a second round grade. I think if he was a little bit bigger, I would see him right in line with where I have Eric Stokes as a player. And Eric Stokes is 42nd on my board, the first of the corners outside my top 32. So uh, I do think the size... I don't want to say it's going to prevent him from playing outside, but it's going to have to be the perfect situation for him to play outside. I like the fact that he took some steps forward with his ball skills in 2020. I still wouldn't describe it as like one of his natural strengths as a player. Ball found him, man. Yeah. (laughs) I remember I was with you when we watched the one game to open the season. He had two and like one was an overthrow and the other was tipped up in the air right to him. But at least that ball production was there. And like, at the end of the day, if you execute your assignments, like the randomizer dice is going to call your name every once in a while, right? It has to. But the challenge with Asante Samuel is a guy who isn't overly big, isn't overly long. He's going to have trouble playing through the body of receivers and dislodging the football. So that's where some of those PBUs that would otherwise be there is he has to completely undercut the routes Yep. that other guys have the luxury of having more reach and the ability to time that up and, and, and collision the receiver when the ball gets there and be more successful and consistent pushing that ball out. So I think he can be a starter uh, on the outside in the perfect situation. I think he's going to be a high volume 
quality contributor to to his secondary regardless. Uh, I love his foot speed. And uh, obviously there's some really nice uh, family ties here for Asante Samuel Jr. Uh, One of a few in this year's class that make you feel a little old. Especially at corner. You got Sertain the second. You got J.C. Horn, right? His dad was a receiver. Uh, Samuel Jr., even Carrie Vincent. There's um, <laughs> there's the the ties there. Uh, Mark Gilbert, right? His uh, he's got his cousin is Darrell Revis and uh, uh, Sean Gilbert as well as kin to him. So there's uh, just tons of tons of this this year. By the way, one one more, one more. Are you aware who Elijah Griffin's dad is? Elijah Griffin from uh, USC. Is, yes. No, is it Michael Griffin? No. Who is it? We're not that old. I was going to say, dude, are you, <laughs> you had me questioning things. Who is it? War, or are, you probably won't know him. Uh, Warren G, who was a rapper in the 90s. No, no, I'm not familiar. Yeah. So he, what's he, he sing or rap? What's, what's his big jam? He did some stuff with Snoop Dogg at one point. I know, that, I know Snoop Dogg. Yes. I figured you would Drop know. It like it's hot. Yep. Ooh, that was bad, was right? The, mm, mm, oh, sh- mm. shoobies. <laughs> okay. We got a ton of Fs in the chat on Twitter on Friday for no, Chris. No. The Fs in the chat are coming for Joe. No. Yeah, they better. Today. They better after that performance. <laughs> <laughs> I felt that as soon as I said it, I knew I made Drop a mistake. Like it's hot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Shuby's glasses came out. His his head was in his palms. Oh, I think bad. Chris had. If Chris didn't have over the he- ear headphones in, you would have just seen the steam <laughs> pouring out of his head. The dude's on pins and needles the entire time we're talking. I don't I don't know if anyone can appreciate it. But the guy is just nervous the whole time, drinking water. Yes, we got him around up on the pre-show talking about things we were gonna say and. We didn't go there, but now he's like waiting for us to passive aggressively drop some comments in here through the rest of the show about angry fans from last week. And Chris, just hold on tight, brother. No rivalry quite like Kyle and Chris in the pre-show on a daily basis. And I'm sitting here just like, uh, yes. can we start? Uh, can we start? <laughs> All right. So, Joe, what about Eric Stokes? Other than the fact that he ran uh, four to whatever you want to classify it yeah. as. And I, I know Fast. Mo Wells and that Mo Wells and that group is, are going to pound the table and tell you ran four, two, five, and they don't care what anybody else reported yeah. afterwards. They say, nah, he ran a four, two, five. So besides running a four, two, five, Eric Stokes is actually quite a good corner too. He is. And dude, real quick on the four, two, five. I don't think I've ever seen a 40 yard dash run better from a technique perspective. I mean, the dude was flying. But you want to talk about just perfect, like the stance, the get off, you know, the flying 20, just the straight line. Everything was just like he was trained well. So credit Mo Wells, the outstanding uh, trainer for him. Um, so Stokes, yeah, the football player out of Georgia. Um, man coverage. I, I love him in man coverage because uh, not just talking about like being mindful of that 40. He's got quick feet and loose hips and you know, his ability to turn and run with guys. And he has a lot of confidence in that athleticism to stay in phase. And you see some really impressive production on the ball, particularly when he plays against Tennessee seems to really do a nice job finding the football in those instances. Um, But I think he's competitive and, and um, you you know, kind of a narrow build, but I I like the package here. You know, if you, if somebody took him at the end of the first round, I wouldn't blink an eye. No. Uh, I definitely think late first round should be in the conversation for Eric. 
Um, do you have anybody stands out that challenged him? Like what type of receiver you remember watching? I have one off the top of my head, but I'd be curious if you have any, even if it's the same guy. Who do you got? Uh, I remember Jalen Waddle running a couple routes against him and snapping stuff up, snapping stuff off against him. Yeah, I thought the the Bama receivers gave Tyson Campbell, the other corner at Georgia, and oh, Stokes yeah. all they can handle. Yeah, Cam- Campbell had a rough go. Right. Um, Stokes is at least more fluid, more loose in the hips, yeah, uh, more twitchy, which is crazy because you think about Tyson Campbell at his size and stature and length, and he ran like four three eight or four three five or whatever four it was. Four three six. <laughs> so, right. and Stokes ran faster than that. So that's a, a heck of a one two punch. By the way. Uh, I watched completely non-related to corners, so I apologize. But I watched Trey Hill, the center from Georgia, uh, over the weekend. And between the corner group and the offensive line group for Georgia, like, y'all got to start winning some college football playoff games <laughs> with the talent that you guys have. Gotta it's get some unbelievable, man. It's quarterback, man. I get- think I think Daniels is the guy, though. I hope so, because Jake Fromm is so limited, right? Like, you just you can't do much with him at quarterback. And then... And then no, you, you got can, the discount version of Jake Fromm to start the season. It's Stetson Bennett, right? <laughs> yes. Discount like, Jake what are we Fromm doing? is not good. We're passing oh, on Justin Fields for this? Like Kirby's guy, brother. <laughs> Jake Fromm was Kirby's guy. That's uh, what my Georgia source told me. Tongue in cheek. Jake Fromm's <laughs> Kirby's guy. I'm like, okay, bud. So you want to talk about the Syracuse duo? Yeah, I like them both. These, uh, I mean, th- this is your region, so this is your wheelhouse. Yeah, I like both these Syracuse corners. If I had to Melifonwu, 6'2 uh, and a half, 205, you know, 32 and a quarter inch arms, runs in the four fours. And then Trill Williams playing opposite of him, uh, another height, weight, speed guy as well. You know, if you go back and watch his, his freshman year, he played, he played outside corner the last two years, he played inside in the slot. And I think he's better at outside corner, but I, I like that he's shown that ability to play inside a little bit. And, I think both these guys are really good there. They play physical, especially Melifon with this past year. I think they both have really good ball skills. And I like that. I kind of view both these guys as matchup neutralizers. When you're going up against um, some of these X receivers in the NFL that just present a, a real challenge for you with their size and athleticism, I feel like these are the types of guys you, you like to have to play with them and can really, you know, compete. And then, they have enough athleticism to turn and run with some of the quicker, twitchier guys as well. So, you know, I'm not sure they're super, you know, as quite as polished as is the top guys like a Sertain or a Newsom or a Farley. But man, in the second, third round, you'd love to come away with one of those two players and feel like you got a developmental starter that can wind up being, you know, I think a really good player for you. So I mentioned only like 10% kidding, Melifonwu to Seattle. We see this every single time Seattle takes a corner. They are cut from a very specific cloth. And Melifonwu is one of those guys. I guess the question is, predictively, do you think the league is as high as him as we are? Because we both have him in the second round. And, like, I don't, I don't I think he just, gets outside of the second. I mean, he's going to be a top 64 the second pick, right? round? Yeah, Melifonwu's got to go in the top 64. I might, I might take you up on that bet predictably. Bill Bar, a Bill Bar bet, a box of Bill Bar. Do, do we have any other bets currently in the hopper right I'm now? I'm sure you do. You have one over the number of running backs that go in the first round of the oh, 2021 NFL draft. No. Now, Joe, let me ask you this. Oh no! 
What? Yeah, I hate to see it. Because Joe has zero, right? Do I have zero? I believe under on point five. I believe the bet was no. I believe it's one and a half. I I believe that that I still feel really good about it. I think Kyle, if I remember the bet correctly, and we have so many of these that I forget, I believe Kyle wins the bet if there are two running backs that go in the first round. Joe loses the bet. Uh, Joe wins the bet if there are less than two that go in the first round. So let me ask you this, Joe: If we put a bet on this predictively, and, and I agree with everything you said about Malathanu, and I have a second round grade on him. He's fifty two on my board. Like I like him a lot. Yeah. But if it's predictive and he ends up being one of those guys that, and it happens every year, right? Like you like a guy in the second round fringe top 50 and he's there by at the end of the third round. And you just, you're so mad that this player did not have a greater market. I completely, completely acknowledge the possibility. Okay. Yes. But let me ask you this. If we do the bet and we split, are there no boxes of Bilt Bar being bought, or do we have to buy each other a box of Bilt Bar? Um, I mean, I'm going to be it's, buying them anyway. So. <laughs> I just want to know if it's if it's a net like plus or plus or minus, or if it's just hey, I won this one, I get a box. What do you think, Shub? Uh, I believe it should be a cumulative boxes should count and boxes should be sent regardless. I don't think there should be a wash. So we have got to find a third bet. I think that's what we have to do. Let's find a at third least, bet. At yeah. least yeah. I'd be so, comfortable up to taking up to five total bets. Okay. Well, we have to finish on an odd number. That's the goal. Yes. So, yes. Okay. okay. Well, so listen, I'll take if you, that if you want. Done. Taken. And great. If you want to try Bill Bars, folks, they're the best mm. tasting protein bar on Yum. the planet. They have Delicious. so many amazing flavors. Some of so my many. favorites are the cookies and cream, the lemon almond cheesecake. I love the apple almond crisp. They're all delicious. They're all covered Cherry 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Chocolate. It's like eating a candy bar, but it's a protein oh. bar and it's good for you. Built bars are great for, for anyone you. who is health conscious, whether you want to lose weight, maintain lose weight, weight, or just indulge in a delicious treat. You have to Delicious. try Bilt Bars. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, sugar. high fiber, and great for anyone who is on the keto diet. We have Yum. a deal for you. Go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 and Bilt you'll get 15% off your next order. 15%. Again, use promo code LOCK15 Lock for 15%, 15% off at BiltBar.com. 15%. Today through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, and Brian Baldinger, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars for your team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Kyle, can we talk about Paulson Adebo, the, the cornerback from Stanford? Ooh. Yeah, dude. So this dude okay. coming, was it 2019? Everybody thought this guy was a first round player and his tape backed that up. He was outstanding. Yep. Yep. He got off to a rough start the next year, right? Like the first four games of the year were awful. The UCF game exposed him on so many different double moves, but I thought he finished the year really, really strong. But I think everyone's kind of focusing and what is that word you used to say? Perseverating on those f- new vocabulary for Joe, every uh, Trevor ever. Thank you. Shout out. Um, I think everyone's focusing on those, those, yeah, those few, few bad games uh, the next year. 
But I think the collective body of work for Paulson Adebo is something that I'm pretty comfortable with other than I do think he is a type of cornerback that likes to see the quarterback throw the ball. And if you do that in the NFL, they're going to complete it over your head. If he can get that tightened up, I like the package here. I think what was frustrating to me as I was watching him and I kept coming back to like, man, he's billed as like a big, long corner, but he didn't play long. And I'm like, I don't know how long he is. And then like, (laughs) he's not long at all. And it's like, well, damn, like former wide receiver. Right. So he, he's converted over. I'm concerned a little bit about like, how much he's plateaued. You know, you mentioned the 2018 stuff with him was phenomenal and it was, and you said, as you said, you know, he, he did rebound from a rough start in 2019, but I just look at some of the other guys in this class and a Debo for me, I've got an early day three grade on, on Paul. Oh, really? You got a third form. I do have a third. So you don't, you have him as a day three grade. Wow. Yeah. I have him almost as a two. Yeah, no, so, not for me. Guess we'll fight about him on Battle of the Boards. Not now, though. We will. Who do you have higher, him or Benjamin St. Just from Minnesota? I have a Debo higher. St. Just is a uh, is a two is a three for me, round three. Okay, so I have a three on on St. Just as well. I just am lower on Paulson a Debo. But if we're talking about like bigger corners who are raw, how about Kevin Kelvin Joseph from Kentucky? No, there's this whole perception of Kelvin Joseph potentially being like a top 50 selection and all they'll talk about the tools and he showed fairly well against Alabama and Devante Smith. But the sample size, like you want to talk about a small sample size. We were talking about that with Greg Newsom. Kelvin Joseph has played one season effectively of college football. He was at LSU. He transfers to Kentucky. Uh, He played, I think, 11 games this year as a starter. And that's it. And I thought he he was fairly similar from an athletic profile perspective to what Lonnie Johnson was coming out of the same defense. And and Lonnie got drafted in the second round. But Kelvin Joseph, for me, is, is a guy who's athletically gifted, but he's raw and he's inexperienced. And there's some some questions about his tenure at LSU and then the transfer to Kentucky. So uh, I'm just a little gun shy on that one specifically uh, because there's not even a sample size to work with. Like there is with some of the other guys. Kelvin Joseph is in that, not for me bucket. I know that we, we dump players in there because you should, I think it's, it's only fair. This is very much like, subjective think work not to say they won't be successful but it's like i wouldn't be the guy to take the risk on that player no no you mentioned saint just from from minnesota i think he's worth you know kind of an elevator top 100 player let's go let's talk about it your region you start it okay so saint just uh (laughs) you want big long corners right this is where you come and he had a chance to go down to the senior bowl and I was really impressed with how at the senior bowl, he handled wide receivers of all types. I thought he showed off some of his fluidity and ability to mirror and, and unlock his hips within the five yard contact window. Um, 
down at the senior bowl in an environment that is heavily skewed towards the advantage of the offensive players in one-on-ones and uh, St. Just, I thought really helped reaffirm that he's not, I don't want to say tight. Maybe Israel Mukuamu is the appropriate comparison as far as like, he's not Israel Mukuamu where you look at some of the corners in this class that are big and long but you don't feel good about their flexibility. You don't feel good about their hips and their ability to flip themselves open and carry things down the field and their transitional quickness. And the, the big long guys, like if you don't have that, you have to play press man. Well, I think St. Just has enough silkiness in his hips that he can sit at five yards and he can play bump and run, or he can play bail technique. He could play in a half turn. He can do a bunch of different things for you as far as what he does at the snap. And that, for me, gave me optimism that this is a guy who can be a starter for somebody if you give him a little bit of time to get his feet underneath him. So here's a fun question. If you were having to pick one of these players in the third round and, you know, believe that you can develop them and really get them to reach their their physical ceiling, would you rather pick Benjamin St. Juice from Minnesota or Tyson Campbell from Georgia? I have them back to back on my board and I have St. St. Just above Tyson Campbell. Yeah. They're one They're It's one point for me. Really, really close. Um, Campbell's probably slightly more athletic, but I think he's, Uh, I'd say he's more explosive. I'd say he's more Tyson Campbell's more explosive, but I think Benjamin St. Just is more fluid. Okay. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to fight. I think it's really close, but I do. I think we can both agree that Campbell is, is more explosive. They're both kind of raw, right? But if they really solidify their comfort and their, their coverage instincts, they can be really good players, but both are kind of raw. I think Campbell's going to get higher drafted higher than St. Juice, but both are definitely gambles. So that's, I guess that's the interesting thing is here. We've talked about so many of these big corners. We talked about Calvin Joseph and Paulson Adebo. And I mentioned Israel Mukuamu from South Carolina. I think he's like six, four, right? Like six, three and a half, six, four. Uh, Mukuamu is large. Uh, where, where do I have him? Six, four to 12, 34 yeah, inch like, arms. Yeah. Like <laughs> That's um, Stanley Jean Baptiste size, yeah. right? Joe like Juan monster Williams. corner. Yes. Yeah. Uh, St. Just, Tyson Campbell, as, as some of these bigger guys. But I think there is an interesting conversation about some of the smaller guys, too, where, you know, we had mentioned Elijah Molden as I have him as a fringe second round grade. You have him as a second round grade. Uh, Aaron Robinson was a name that was mentioned earlier in the show from, from UCF as a guy who has really rapid feet, I think he can thrive in the slot. And uh, who was I just watching? Uh, I, I think the Boise state corner. Was it? No, Avery Williams? I mean, I, yeah, but he he's a little later in the draft. I was, I was more so thinking I had just was just watching UCF scouting somebody else. Take Alwyn. No, Aaron Robinson. I think it was an off. It was an offensive player playing against UCF. Oh, gotcha. I remember who it was off the top of my head, but like Robinson flashed like four times in that game. It's like, damn, like when he sticks his foot in the ground, he's, he's got some twitch to him. Yep. Uh, So Aaron Robinson, uh, Ambry Thomas 
from oh, Michigan like who opted out this year. He was down at the senior bowl, six foot one ninety. can play some press for you inside outside capability. Kerry Vincent uh, from mm-hmm. LSU. Uh, so you've got some variety and those are really not even the mid day three guys. Those, those are all day two or early day three guys as smaller corners in this class too. I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you have any takes on Shakur Brown from Michigan state? Yeah. Some people like him as a slot. Yeah. I like him as a slot. His ball production this past year was really, really good. Uh, The ball found him and and it was ball skills, getting his eyes back to the quarterback and seeing the ball. Uh, He plays above his weight class, which I appreciate. Uh, I think he's a little undisciplined right now. I I think he's overly eager to try and jump into throwing windows and, and try and undercut stuff. And, you know, it's, uh, the phrasing that was used when we were watching film with Andrew Dow, and it was about linebacker play, but I think it's, it's relevant here for, for corners, especially in zone coverage is slow till, you know, right? Like there's a difference mm-hmm. between anticipation and guessing, and you got to be able to walk that tightrope line. And for a guy like uh, Shakur Brown, who sneaks into my top one fifty as things are currently stacked, he's, uh, 147 on the board. I got an early five on him. Um, I think his ball production really highlights what he can do well, but his discipline and coverage is where he's going to have to get better. Did you see his testing? I could not tell you what he tested off the top of my head. Is bad. So uh, 5'9", 185, 30-inch arms, 4'6", 4, 165 in the 10-yard split. He's 16 broad, but like three cone, seven Oh eight shut uh, shuttle of four, two, five. Like dude, he didn't test above the 30th percentile in like anything. He's a slot. And you can, you can get by there in the slot because you're protected vertically by the safeties over top. And you don't have, you know, that Island to play hashes outside all by yourself. Um, don't you like a little more Twitch though? Right. I mean, we're not talking about a, a super early pick. I get that, but I need to watch I mean, him. I I've, I've got a yet. five on him. I've got yeah. a five on him. Yeah. Uh, Rashad Wild Goose from Wisconsin is another one of those kinds of guys who First was round a name. Yeah. Wisconsin had Wild Goose, Loudermilk, and one other outrageous name this year. They had some phenomenal names on the roster. Um, I wanted to, I did want to talk about Avery Williams. Okay. from Boise State. Uh, I gave him a, a late fourth-round grade. Uh, he is one of the most entertaining special teams players I can ever remember scouting. Returns kicks, returns punts, blocks punts. He was, I mean, he, he's all over the place. He's all over the place. And he has such a nose for special teams creating impact plays and he's not big. He's another one of those smaller corners. I think he's 5'9". Uh, he didn't run blazing fast. But you can tell with his instincts, he's going to make a team super happy on day three because he's just going to be a total pest to play against. Kyle, this special team's production is off the charts. I've never seen it. Okay, well, so it's seven games this year. A punt return touchdown, two kick return touchdowns, I know two blocked punts and one was returned for a touch. I know you said 
Last and the, year, up, the other block punt, somebody else ran back for a touchdown. This is off the charts. 2019 Avery Williams, Boise State. He said at his pro day, some teams were talking to him about potentially playing third down running back too. Five eight one eighty seven. He he tested good too. Four four six eight eight three cone ten one in the broad four flat short shuttle. I was going to say short bench shuttle press was reps really at one eighty seven. Let's go. He's a little baller, man. Yeah, I'm getting to his tape like soon. I was glad I stumbled onto it this weekend. Wow. <sighs> If you That's had a, like a if you had like a super developmental guy, yeah. Anybody stand out to you on the names that you've watched? Super developmental. I don't know how many corners you've watched. I watched thirty-one to this. Point. Yeah, I'm up to I'm hoping for another five. I'm up to this many right here, uh, twenty-four. So yeah, I'm gonna watch another probably eight or ten. Um, <laughs> I want to watch this player now. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I would say uh, Thomas from Michigan, who I really liked. We've already talked about him. Robert Rochelle from Central Arkansas. That's my that's my one. Yeah, the physical gifts are there. I'd be cautious on taking him super high. But if he got into like that fifth round range, I'd probably want him just based on athleticism. But like, make no mistake about it. Super underdeveloped in terms of coverage. That would be my pick. Is you see the measurables. Uh, you get excited about that small school kid. You think, okay, it's not nowhere to go, but up, right? Like better coaching, better strength and conditioning program. And then you watch him at the senior bowl and it was a rough mm. go in transition. So he's got a ways to go, uh, but silver lining, you can probably get a hold of this guy later in the draft now and, and hopefully uh, get him in your program for a, a year or two and see what you get by year three. And that's kind of the, that magic window where you're going to get what you want to get. Uh, the only other name that I would mention, Elijah Griffin, who we mentioned talking about Warren G, his dad, <laughs> he can ball too. Now he did not test well, but it, there was some weird circumstance where like he had to back out of the pro day, like the night before, because he tested positive for COVID and then he said he had tested negative for COVID like a bunch of times after that, but then he tested terribly and he plays a lot more dynamic than what he tested. So I don't know what's going on there, but uh, Elijah Griffin is one of those dudes that you will put on your all scrap team. He is fear. He is in your face. He's like the gnat where he's just constantly, cause he's not a big guy, but like, He's going after wide receivers, blocking them outside and trying to push them back into the line of scrimmage. Uh, he's super feisty at the catch point. So I really appreciated some of his open field tackling as well, despite the fact that he's not a bigger guy. Uh, but the size limitations and then some of the questions of, okay, like how athletic are you really? He ended up getting an early day, day three grade for me. Deep dive into the corner class. It's all done. All done. As Joe and I mentioned, uh, we have watched a vast number of corners from this year's group. Uh, the sweet spot is, is day two and, and early day three. I got a lot of values, fourth round grades. I got a lot of values on day two because uh, those top three are probably going to go pretty quick when it's all said and done, uh, depending on what Caleb Farley's medicals are, though he was reportedly given the thumbs up at the uh, medical checks for the combine. So we have less than two weeks. Two weeks from today, we will be done 
the 2021 NFL draft, which is surreal and exciting to think about because we work all year round for this event and uh, we are excited to get down to the nitty gritty. So you're going to want to make sure these next two weeks you are following along for the ride. Hit subscribe on the show. We have a live stream tonight. Our friends at Panini with a deck of cards, three round mock drafts, depending on the players that are randomly pulled out of the deck. YouTube, the Draft Network, 7.30 p.m. Check it out. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Draft Dudes podcast.